February 6th from Universal Pictures, the blues are back. I'm getting the band back together. The last time they played anywhere, they were charged with grand larceny, felonious motor vehicle assault, and damages in excess of $20 million. And you are asking me if I want to join this band? I could show you all the moves. My God! This is Mighty Mac, the new lead singer in the band. Dan Aykroyd, John Goodman, Joe Morton, James Brown, Aretha Franklin, B.B. King, Paul Shaver, Erica Badu, Travis Tritt, Bo Diddley, Dr. John, Steve Winwood, Wilson Pickett, Blues Traveler, Johnny Lang, and many more. The Blues Brothers Band? I thought you guys were all in jail. Directed by John Landis. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. I am your host, Scott White. And once again, I have, from the movie gap, my good friends, Chase and Bryce. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello everyone out there in Dan Aykroyd land. We're happy to be here. <laughs> now, a few years ago, I was on your podcast, and we did the Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. Correct. I think you were our for, or second guest. It was the first guest here in this house or this studio, but it was you were our like second guest ever on the podcast. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm having you guys on my podcast and we're talking about the Blues Brothers 2000 <laughs> from 1998, mind you. From yeah. 1998, the Blues Brothers 2000. Never, never this before, is... never before, and never since has there been such forward thinking in such a backward thinking film. Oh man, did you guys? Did did either of you watch the original before before you watched, or did you just watch this movie? I saw the original first uh, because of no, but I mean, but I mean, but uh, the, the recent watch because I watched the original oh. and then oh. I watched this one back to back. No, no, no. no. I, the most recent I've seen the uh, original was probably I don't know. It was sometime in the past two years, like since since the pandemic. At one point or another, I watched it because you know it's a it's one of those movies that is super like nostalgia comfort to me, and I just love. It's a such a good movie. It's so funny. And it, and it holds up so well. So I've I have watched it recently, but not in the past. Like, you know, not not right before I watched this garbage. <laughs> Everything you said in that sentence does not apply to Blues Brothers two thousand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> although it is not although, a good movie, it, it does I, not hold up well. <laughs> no, I I do have nostalgia for it. I um I remember like being excited about it because like the year before. Like in '97, I got real into the Blues Brothers when I did the talent show as as uh, the Blues Brothers with a friend of mine, and we like loved the Blues Brothers. And then I found out about this one coming out, and it was in my Disney Adventure, and it had like an interview with the little kid, and uh, he like like in the article there was like a breakdown of like how to do the dance moves and all this stuff, and I was super excited for it. 
And then when I saw it, I was, uh, it might be, I always try to think of like the movie that I started to realize like not all movies are good. And I think this might be one of the very first ones because I remember hating it even when I first saw it. This was my first time seeing it. I've n- I never saw it before. I, oh. I watched it. I watched it last night. This was my first time watching this Whoa. movie. Wow. I did not know that. I didn't either. So we got two first timers on this movie then. So, Bryce, this was your first time watching it as well? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. But I, you know, honest, I was kind of pleasantly surprised with it because I was expecting to completely hate it. And I, I didn't completely hate it you know i i only mostly hated it <laughs> see watching this this time like i was not looking forward to watching it because <laughs> yeah. i remembered how bad it was and i kept trying to convince myself that what i was watching wasn't as bad as i feel like it is and i think that all the things I, like i kept going back to will bryce like this <laughs> you know yeah. and there's so many moments i think in this movie that are not good on purpose that end up being interesting and funny in a way. Yeah, I agree. I have never wanted to like a movie more than this movie. <laughs> mm. I ne- I wanted to like this movie and yeah. I just couldn't. Yeah. I'm like Bryce. I didn't hate it. I have a bland opinion. It's like I really I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was just good. Yeah. Yeah. What wh- I wonder what it is about cuz me and Chase were talking about this when I got here. And it it really is kind of the same thing as the first Blues Brothers, but it just sucks. I mean, is it really just the fact that John Belushi is missing that makes it that bad? Or is it that everyone's older? The script is not good. It's whacker. The script is not good. And what what isn't good about it, they try to make up for by just doing the first movie again. Yeah. And it just feels forced and not, not good. Yeah. And then, like, it's also not shot as well. And I think uh, maybe it has to do with the fact that um, they're not on as many drugs. Because <laughs> John Landis, like, big old cokehead. Yeah. And uh, I think he was probably clean by this point, or he might have been yeah. dead. So, I mean, what do you what do you think? Uh, maybe it's because he, he killed uh, three people on a movie and he hasn't really made a good one since? Yeah, since Twilight Zone. Bryce brought this up, too. Everybody's older. Yeah. And not everybody aged well. Yeah. yeah. So it was it was kind of sad watching these older musicians and these older actors trying to pull off what they did in the 1980 movie. It's just like, oh, yeah. these are just these are just old men. Yeah. Who are who are who look tired. Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Well, and like uh, at this point, Ackroyd doesn't look bad. Ackroyd still right. looks pretty no, good. No. He looks good. But he does come off very tired. Yeah. I had the thought that uh, this had to have been like an absolute nightmare to film for most of them because they're doing a lot of like ridiculous stunts, like squeezing into the car all together and stuff that they did get live shots of them at least doing. Yeah. And 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 then Dan Aykroyd's having to put whipped cream all, or uh, shaving cream over his entire fucking head and get shots and get good shots. Yeah. And probably having to hold his breath a little bit because it's covering his nose and everything. Like that shit as a 50 year old person had to have just been like, this is fun, but this is a logistical nightmare for my back. You know, I don't know. I I just was thinking they were doing a lot of stuff that seemed uh, over their age. Very sophomoric, very animal house ish. Yeah. Which John, which John Landis also directed. 
But Bryce, that scene, there's a scene in the movie. I, I, we're not going to go through. We'll just talk about scenes in the movie. and, I, and I'll, Because basically this movie is the first movie, except for a couple of reasons. There, There is a scene where Dan Aykroyd supposedly covers his head in shaving cream. Guys, that might have been the dumbest thing I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, it was not funny. Oh, it, it was just yeah, stupid. right. No, not, but you could tell that you, you could tell you Dan say, loved that bit, though. You say that it's the dumbest thing you've ever seen in a movie, but then later on in this movie, he's hiding inside of the ashtray yeah, yeah. of the car. Right. What? Yeah. That just was so, stupid. Like, I don't know, man. Knowing like knowing a little bit more about how kind of. Uh, like, okay, Dan Aykroyd is a crazy talented individual, right? I mean, he can do right. a lot of shit really well. But he's also, his brain goes to places that not many other people's brains go. He does, he thinks of crazy fucking shit. Yeah. And like, this movie is kind of like what you were just saying. Like, I think they were all things that Dan thought would be really fun to do. Like having, like, well, I'll just be hiding in the ashtray. Or I'm going to put shaving cream on my head and be a monster that's, be, you know, or, or having a, an attack or whatever. And it's going to be hilarious. Trust me. But it's just, you know, Dan's crazy ass just going because no one's there to tell him no. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like a lot of this stuff was like Dan's love child bits. I mean, maybe. Type of bits. I don't know. It felt it felt very like the bits and the stuff that were supposed to be funny was super cartoony, like the whipped cream face or the shaving cream face and the yeah. uh you know, in the ashtray and then like the little kid, which we'll get into him, but like Ugh. his like his uh apartment in the car and just random things like that that are just super cartoony and out of nowhere, but the tone of the movie isn't matching that. Like this isn't no. this doesn't feel like a goofy cartoon yeah, movie. Because yeah, is yeah, is it supposed to be a celebration of blues music or is it supposed to be, you know, zany gags and trying to meld the two together is just was really weird yeah especially because like all the gags they did in this one were way more out there than what they attempted in the first blues brothers like at least that one stayed a little bit grounded you know they had some yeah. fun with it but compared to this one it stayed grounded and within a certain like boundary or yeah, this realm was, this was not real there was nothing yeah this one and there's a, part, there's a part of me that appreciates that kind of like uh, creativity behind it because it's like I get the idea of like well we're shooting a movie movies aren't real so any we can do anything I I do get that and I like not having those kinds of boundaries on your, like the making of your art and stuff but if it don't mix it doesn't mix and it just doesn't work yeah you know it it can just take you out of it you know I don't know that's what I was thinking well here's the, here's the thing uh, you this movie is just like the first movie except for one thing. In the first movie, we had the ticking clock. Yeah. The orphanage was going to be sold. We need $5,000 to save the orphanage. Mm. That's why they get into all this mission from God, and that's where all the hijinks come from. Yeah. There is nothing. There are no stakes in this movie. Right. No, the, the stakes are just don't get caught for having stolen $500. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I guess they do kind of ham fist in that they kidnapped a kid. But like, did they kidnap a kid? Right. Like, I thought that the nun at the beginning was giving them that kid. Well, she was giving him for a day. He was supposed to return oh. him, which oh. was that was the thing. <laughs> OK, well, still uh, by the end of the day. But uh, but still, it was 
you didn't need a kid anyway. No, that was just no, annoying. You, did, you didn't need that. You didn't need no. that kid. And like he, Chase said, we'll talk about that. Yeah. There's another half squat, you know, yeah. just like shortstop. Yeah. 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 Shortstop. You know, those but in George this, Lucas. Names. In this movie, there's no reason for him to get the band back together. There's nope. no reason for him to win that contest and win the prize money. There's just no reason. They also they also don't. Like, oh, they don't, yeah, they don't even forget. win. They, they don't yeah. win. <laughs> yeah, they lose to Eric Clapton and BB King. Yeah. That was that was fucking wild, man. Seeing all well, what about ninety other famous, yeah, famous yeah. people. Yeah. Bo Diddley was in there. But uh, what, what were the what were they called? The Louisiana the Louisiana Gator Gators, Boys or Gator something? Boys or some shit. Yeah, and um, maybe one of them was from America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, well, yeah, right. British, yeah, that's right. For, Steve Winwood was British. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. King's not obvious, dude. And how about how about the like? What the fuck was Eric Clapton wearing? <laughs> Did you notice that shit? Like, you look at BB King. He's got like the fucking coolest jacket you've ever seen in your life. Everyone else is like dressed to the nines. Eric and then Clapton's Eric Clapton's like, standing there like an NPC, <laughs> just like, how did I get up here? He's dressed like I? Chandler from like yeah, season three yeah. of Friends. Or what something. am I doing here? Yeah, he has big Chandler aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> big time. It's like, what are you fucking doing, dude? But uh, anyway. uh, the one thing and now I'm going to say the one thing you can't complain about in this movie is, of course, the music. No, not at all. Right. It's excellent. Right. I will say that the uh, the cinematography of the music scenes was not as good. I felt yeah. like the dancing was stilted and weird and made me think about the fact that, like, I fucking hate watching dance. Yeah, for real. And Same. Like, but you have always agreed on that. Yeah. And the worst the, the what's worse about dance or what's worse than just watching dance is what this movie does, which is people who are and don't get me wrong, like I I I respect dancers. It is a skill. It is athletic. It is aerobic. It is right. insane. It takes right. practice. It takes commitment. And the dancers in this movie are very very good. Right. But they are doing terrible. Like they are doing very very like choreographed excellent versions of just like white people blues dancing, which yeah. is you know throwing your arms around and they're like that scene that first uh dance scene with uh what was the well then oh it was when john popper's playing uh-huh and they're all all these people in the parking lot of that motel are dancing and it's just like this weird thing of like hey guys just feel the music and dance and like there's just these weird little like like all these people you could tell like watching them they're like oh these are like dancers but they're trying to do dance moves that aren't real dance moves yeah and turn them into dance moves and it's very awkward right and also what what's the deal with um shooting movies and i don't know if they do this so much now but in the 90s and 80s in particular they did this thing where like every time they showed like a close-up shot or or just a specific shot of people dancing they insisted on adding the sound effects of their feet moving and stuff over the music. And it's like, why? I don't know. It's the point of this whole scene is for the music, but you're going to add in the sound effects of the feet stomping on the ground and stuff, and it just takes you out of it. I don't know. I hate that whole editing style. Well, I mean, the editing in this is garbage. The continuity is complete yeah. garbage. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Did you, uh, Scott, did you notice the the... Like the way that that street worked in front of the uh, strip club when they were getting chased. Yeah, by yes, the I did. <laughs> so Jake gets out of jail. Evidently, everybody know I'm not Jake. Elwood gets out of jail. Yeah, Jake is dead. Everybody knows that Jake is dead except for Elwood. 
<laughs> so the opening scene of the movie is Elwood standing outside of the prison for 24 hours straight. Bro. Yeah. That was for, so waiting long. Waiting for Jake to pick him up. Yeah. Um, it took forever. What I realized later, and it, like in the first time I watched the movie, I didn't pick on pick up on this, but he is getting out of prison for the crimes of the first movie, right? This is his yeah, first time right. out of prison. That's what I assumed, yeah. So yes. when he went to prison before, he and Jake and the whole band were in the same prison. So did Jake die in prison and right. nobody told him? They just yeah. told him he got out or something? Yeah. And how did all the other from guys what, get out? Uh, from what I've read, I didn't get this from the movie, but from what I read, Jake was transferred to a different prison. Oh, okay. And he died in a different prison. That's why he didn't know. Okay. Uh, uh, but anyway, so Jay, uh, Elwood gets out. His drummer, Willie, now owns a strip club. Yeah. And he says, come over to the strip club and you can work for me. You can be a, a, a DJ or something. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where he that's where John Goodman is working as a bartender. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and and my favorite thing is a trope in uh in movies and may, especially on TV is and it's something that I look for in every single strip club that I actually do go to. Yeah. It's a strip club filled with fully clothed women. <laughs> not, yeah, not one not one errant titty in this strip club. Yeah. I know. Another trope is they're there during the day, yeah. like on a Tuesday, and there's these gorgeous women. Dan Let me tell you, the best <laughs> women are not dancing at uh, you know 11:30 in the morning on a Tuesday. That's yeah. when their top tier. Is yeah, be it's on also the not stage. full. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. where where are they again? Chicago. This is, this is in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Right. Was it yes. Yeah. That was in Chicago. Yes, Willie's in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so Willie, he owns the strip club, and this the Russians. Are extorting money. Well, we did the Nazis last time, so we better do the Russians this time. Yeah. Cut yeah, to later. We'll, really, we'll you. <laughs> it's really weak writing. Well, like you just said, Chase, they're just replacing Russians with Germans. And then they Germans with Russians. Yeah, and then they bring the, the Nazis into it later still, too. So it's like, what are we what are we doing? Yeah. But yeah, the 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 Russians so the Russians are uh extorting Willie, right? Right. Yeah. And then Elwood, Elwood gets them drunk and ties them up mm -hmm. and leaves a letter on them saying, don't mess with Willie, sign the Masked Avenger. Mm -hmm. And Ackroyd goes back to the strip club and tells him that he is taking care of the Russians. Ackroyd still can do the fast speak because he did like he talked about the Russian psychology. Yeah. about These Russian gangsters. Yeah. Willie, you don't have to worry anymore. Those Russian guys won't be back. Those guys are bad mothers, Elwood. Serious shit. They kill people. They kill people? Listen, Willie, you gotta understand. Those goons are orphan remnants of the post-perestroika Soviet secret police apparatus, which until 1991 carried out its twisted interpretation of the original well-intentioned Marxist-Leninist doctrine vis-a-vis -vis state security, which was massively corrupted by Lavrenta Beria in the 30s. Of course, once a mass populace is coerced into such behavior as a permanent condition, a radical didactic dialectic shift such as Glasnost produces guys like these, stunned headless automata whose only alternative in their new lives is the continuation of brutish measures to which their genetic code has been programmed since the fall of the Romanovs. It's great. Feel much better. The Russians 
come back and immediately they torch Willie's <laughs> place. They they blow yeah. it up. It when when the cops come back like in the next scene, it has one like corner of brick standing. Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah. they destroy his entire yeah. strip club. But from what Chase was saying about the editing, the Russians blow up this place. They see Dan Aykroyd and John Goodman. So they they do a car chase. This car chase lasts a couple of minutes and it ends up in front of the strip club. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where the where they They, they just they drove they were at a high speed pursuit for like 4 or 5 miles. So apparently they were driving in circles <laughs> yeah. around Chicago to end up right back in front of the place where they started. With those, those that, is, uh, that is horrible editing. Yes. Yeah. And the thumbtacks, the thumbtacks that launch a car in the air like a grenade. Dude, yeah, that was yeah. like one of the only things I thought was funny was every vehicle that got some kind of damage onto it just fucking flew into the fucking sky for a hundred yards. Yeah, which is a, a I would say a callback to the original movie. Yeah. And honestly, the one thing that they do very, very well in this movie is the car stunts. Right. What they don't do well in this movie is give us a reason to see car stunts. Right. Like, all of the car stuff is way too big and way undeserved. Yeah. Well, it's it's got this whole, like, sequel mindset. Like, yeah. it's got to be bigger. It's got to be better. It's got to be more. And it's just like, well... Look, man, no one is even really asking for the sequel be, at all. It can't be, yeah, it can't be bigger, better, you know? or more right. when the better half is dead. <laughs> and has Dude, been. That's another thing, man. It, another thing that really take, took me out of it was Elwood was talking way too much. I mean, he barely spoke in the first mm -hmm. one at all. And that was like a, a big thing about Elwood's character, right, is that he doesn't really talk, right? About both of them, right? But he's sitting here right, fucking... He's sitting here just going willy nilly, just talking to everyone like he's like he's one of the coneheads or something. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Elwood Ackroyd worked better in the first movie as the second banana to Jake. Yeah. yeah. Big time. He were he worked he worked great in that role. And now this role, he's the head guy, and John Goodman is the second banana. And it doesn't and, and no. John Goodman, I like John Goodman, but he just does not pull off Belushi's part. No, no. He not that he was trying to, he wasn't trying to impersonate Belushi. He wasn't trying to impress him. Right. But, I mean, he did the best with what was given to him. Yeah, yeah I was say, exactly. He didn't have a lot to do. It right. really felt like it felt like a weird combination of Ackroyd trying to get everybody on board with the, the same energy. And like he was trying to carry this show or this movie, but like as though he needed to give everyone else morale, but he wouldn't give anybody else anything to do. Like, nobody had anything to do, and his whole character was like, come on, guys, we can all do it. And they're all like, but what are we fucking doing? Yeah. I don't have anything to do. This kid has nothing to do. All the band, they don't even have instruments for half the movie. Yeah. Do you, uh, Scott, me and Chase were, were talking about this before we started. Do you happen to know why it wasn't uh, Jim in the movie? Jim Belushi? I do. Okay. Because he, uh, because he was filming his TV show, according to Jim at the time. And he couldn't get out of it. Oh, okay. no shit. Really? That's yeah. the only reason? That's the only that reason. Sucks. He, he, Do you think it would have been better with his... Jim in there? Uh, I don't. It yeah. might have. I, but the movie itself is so bad that. The well, movie itself is so bad. Yes, but he was he was committed to according to Jim. Oh, so he shit. was shooting his television show. I'm sure. I Now, I mean, this is just maybe I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not sure, but I'm at least hopeful that if Jim had done it, that would have been a different script. 
and right. he would have actually been Jake's brother. Yeah, sure. Instead of this other guy, like they make this big deal about finding um, Cab Calloway's yeah. long lost son, and then and then go and get John Goodman anyway. Yeah, and then they it was so uh, yeah. weird. <laughs> To replace the the brother, like yeah, he was like, I gotta have a band with my brother. But then after Dude. the guy says no, he's like, all right, screw it, we'll just take yeah, this right, other we'll, we'll take guy. you instead. Because wow, look at you, you did the whole trope of let me sing, please, and then wow, you're really good at it, but you looked like such a dork behind the bar, you know, like that whole shit. And also, was he really good, or was it just the fact that the no, place yeah, was exactly. shot up? No, that's exactly <laughs> that's the thing. But but fucking uh, how about that whole Cab Calloway um conversion scene uh oh the revival tent yeah of yeah of the uh, what was it the children of the blood or the calling of the blood to clarify what bryce is saying right here cab calloway from the original movie had an affair with this woman and this woman produced a child and mm -hmm. now elwood thinks that in his mind this guy is his half-brother because this guy was like a father to me that means you're my half-brother mm-hmm and he goes to get him to join the band and he is a he is a high ranking police official and he's like no i'm not joining the band Ackroyd and the orphan that he's stuck with for no apparent reason yeah yeah this is all all of that all of that like exposition that you're hoping will get added on to but it's all at the very beginning he goes to see the the nun she tells him he's got a long lost not Half brother that he yeah. thinks is his half brother. Also, here's a kid who can play harmonica, and we want you to be his mentor for, for 24 hours, but don't take him away. Yeah, and he then takes away. That's that's the whole plot. But yeah, so continue. Right. Sorry. So this, so this police officer, they end up stealing his wallet. So this police officer is uh, chasing Ackroyd and the Blues Brothers all around from Chicago to New Orleans because that's where they're headed. Because apparently jurisdiction doesn't mean anything in no. movies. Oh, dude. Apparently, if you're from Chicago, you have jurisdiction in New Orleans. Yeah, over, um, over. by the way, this is all over a $500, $500 that this cop says he stole. Because at that point, yeah. there's no proof. Right. They don't even know that he's the one who stole the wallet. And oh no, he did he did leave the note. Yeah, he left the note. Yeah. But he but also apparently in the Blues Brothers universe, cops aren't allowed to arrest you as long as you're playing on stage. Yeah. They, <laughs> they have they to wait the show cuz they were sitting there watching the entire fucking show <laughs> like three times. Yeah. Three right. whole three times. different times, yeah. Anyway, Elwood is not a good person in this movie. He's <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, for because, real. So to go back to so the Russians have burned his buddy's place to the ground. Because and of him. First, and his first thought was, well, he doesn't have a place to work anymore. He can join the band. Yeah. That was his first concern. <laughs> Not that he lost his livelihood. Yeah. He lost this business that he built up from the bottom. Yeah. It's Not like, well, he can join the band now. Good for me. <laughs> and good for him because it's the art that he wants to do. Yeah, right. And this is something <laughs> that that bothers me. So I, apparently the band went to jail along with Jake and Elwood and they got out before him. Yeah. They're all musicians. When they get out of jail, none of them get work as musicians. Yeah. That's what they do. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. No, they all choose very, very different forms yeah, of right. employment. One's owning a strip club. The other is 
uh, helping run a Mercedes dealership with his wife, which is Aretha Franklin. Which, by the way, you know what? What one job? One job that you could probably get pretty easy at having, like being a convicted felon, a musician. Yeah, every right. other job not going to be easy. Right, not going to yeah, be easy to true. get. Two working at a Mercedes Benz, owning out, it, they uh, run it. Uh, outlet. Three are three are working at a radio station. One is <laughs> oh, a funeral yeah. director. <laughs> It's like, why? You're musicians. Why? Yeah. yeah and they're very, very, very good. Right. <laughs> they're yeah. very good. Right. I mean, in real life, these are actual musicians. Yeah. Because have... yeah, they're definitely not actors. No. No, they are not. <laughs> oh. They are not. Man. I think some of their acting even got worse Yeah. the first movie to this Yeah, one. dude. Because I, I'll, I'll cut them slack because I know they're musicians and I know they're not actors. But I think a few of them, their acting actually got worse. Well, and like even more so because like they don't even have to say anything they don't have any real lines like their lines are like i don't know man yeah <laughs> just like just like one like like just sound like a human right like, just right, try right. to sound like a human that, and don't that sound whole, like you're reading that whole it. scene where it kept going back and forth between them doing one-liners and stuff yeah with each other was oh ex- that's excruciatingly they, they no bad yeah yeah they have no comic timing no, no. And or, it was it was all off yeah it was horrible and i don't know if that was dan's choice to be like yeah i want to give my musician buddy some good lines or something but I it think, just did I, not need to be in there i think without it this movie would have been too short maybe oh god it was two hours dude though. it was two fucking this hours movie was long. over two hours long yeah it was yeah. very long yeah, but that's also like God. There was a lot of songs in it. There was there was a lot more music yeah. in this one than the first one, right? So and there and it's a full yeah. You get you hear the full song. Yeah, so yeah. Like, okay, start the fucking full, finish. Full song with extended solos. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. A lot of that and a lot and a little and a little plot. You know, if any. Yeah, a lot of music and a little plot. I mean yeah. this this that's movie good- this movie to me like watching it I was like this is what. This feels like what the first movie like should have been, just like a a very ill-advised attempt to take what is more or less a, a Saturday Night Live sketch and stretch it over the course of a whole movie where there's just not enough meat on the bone to create a story. But like the first one did it, and they did it so well. Yeah. Why come back to it with without having anything there? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, the first one was sort of like lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Totally. As was most things with Belushi. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and like, even though it was birthed on SNL, it was, I would argue it was mostly a musical concept than a yeah. comedy concept. Yeah, I mean, they, anyway. they didn't have sketches or anything. Right. And so to, like, take that and make it into a movie that did have comedy elements to it was kind of a, a feat in and of itself. But, I mean, they are who they are. I mean, they're legends, obviously. But yeah. But yeah, just trying to do it again without John, you know, could be just one of the most ill-advised things that's happened in cinema, <laughs> the history of cinema, you know. The history of cinema. Yeah. I know Ackroyd loves these characters. Yeah. And they got back a lot of the people from the first movie, which was nice to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was, uh, I was uh, really su- uh, pleasantly surprised to see uh, James Brown came back, too. Yeah. Which I was when they when the as soon as they got into that revival tent, I was like, "Oh, is James Brown going to come out?" And then he didn't for a while, so I was like, "Oh, he didn't." Well, they said he, it was him. The, they said right. his name. Well, they said the the name of the the 
guy he played in the first one. He was like, oh yeah. Oh, from- was he Cleophus? Yeah. Oh, he, and that his was his name, was name from the the oh. first movie. And it was, oh, well, I didn't catch he talks that about part. Being in, in Chicago and having, right, right, right. You know, seen him before, but it still was, it took so long for him to come out. Yeah, and then he did, and then he was one of those that was like, oh, well past his prime. Yeah, and, yeah. You know? <laughs> it was just you compare his performance in the first one. Yeah, to this one, and it's just like that's well, why he was singing with another person, and I can't think of his name. But I think that's why they had him singing with another. Yeah, person. they. I don't think they thought he could pull off a scene by himself. Yeah, like he did. In the Is first it movie. George Spurdakos? No, no, no. It was no, um, he's a priest. Never mind. Uh, it was another guy with like Cliff something. Can't remember. Man. But uh, this was Moore. this was only Sam Moore. Oh, okay. Morris. Wait, no. This was only yeah. five years before James Brown died. Yeah, I mean, th- yeah, which that, is like crazy to think. There's a lot of dead people in this movie. Aretha. Yeah, and then, died. I mean, pretty soon after this, right? More than half of the blues. Or when did Aretha die? Did Aretha die recently? No, it was like two thousand. It was not too long ago. What was it? Like two thousand sixteen or something, Scott? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Aretha Franklin and her husband in this movie, Matt Guitar Murphy, died in the same year. Yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. shit! And then Donald Donald Duck Dunn, he died. Not too long ago, and uh, the guy, Mister Fabulous, yes. the guy with the long silver ponytail, he died. So it w- it's really weird watching because from the first movie to the second movie, and uh, just uh, how all these people are old. But it's like this movie is twenty five years old. Yeah, it's just that's just weird. That's just hard for me to. Yeah, it's, it's very weird to wrap your head around. It, it is. So, yeah, naturally, all these people are going to are going to have passed away. The nun, yeah. Catherine Freeman, she passed away. I thought yep. I thought she as the nun did a good job. Oh, yeah. In the movie. I enjoyed her performance. Yeah. And I liked her her, you know, uh, her gag with the switch, you know. Yeah. I wasn't sure you were going to come. Elwood. Hey, a letter from you is like a command sister. You know that. Actually, it's Mother Mary now. That's a promotion, isn't it? I was sorry to hear about Jake. Yeah. Well, I guess he's in a much better place. Uh, where is Curtis? Curtis has gone on as well, Elwood. I'm sorry. So that's why he stopped writing me. He was very upset when the orphanage closed. Curtis was the closest thing to a dad that Jake and I ever had. He gave us the music. The Lord works in mysterious ways, Elwood. We all must go on and fight the good fight. The orphanage is gone, Jake's gone, Curtis is gone. I got no brother, I got no roots, I got no life. I got nothing for Christ's sake. Young man! You were not taught and raised by me to fold at the slightest whiff of adverse circumstances. Now quit your silly moping. Pull your sorry self together and snap out of it. But but nothing. Wise up. Turn your heart to the creator. You are so quick to despair. You are not the only person in the world who has had tragedy in their lives. Yes, in the first movie it was in the first movie it was a wooden Ruler. A wooden ruler, yeah, and this one it was a like a metal updated, yeah, like the, yeah, <laughs> uh, new technology, yeah, in the church. But I, like, I like that it was like click activated, too. right? Yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, shing, yeah. like a switchblade, yeah. But I, just a comment on uh, 
that so I started watching this and my wife was like, I have I there's no way I'm watching this. Yeah. But I was watching it before she went to like uh, right before she went to bed and she was just kind of like messing around on, on the computer or whatever. She looked up during the credits and the credit was Daryl Hammond, Erica oh. Badu. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> I know, a what a weird pair. Mix. Yeah. What a pair. I know. I saw that too. I was like, wow. How about that mix right there? Dude, Erica Badu probably they cast her perfectly. That, that that role was like made for her. Like, you know, she's all into that, you know, witchy stuff yeah. and all that. I bet she just read that and was like, it, also, it was it really random casting. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. she's not really a blues artist or anything. She's definitely not a classic blues artist. She was at the time very new. You know what I mean? Dating, you know, Mary Dondre 3000 and all that stuff. So it was kind of a weird casting, but perfectly cast for her. Um, so that was kind of refreshing. Well, see, it when I first saw this movie, it made perfect sense to me that she was in it because the only other thing I knew Erica Badu from yeah. was Pee Wee's Christmas special, where she was <laughs> in a box that was sent to the White House but came to the Playhouse by mistake, and she comes out of the box and sings Little Drummer Boy to Pee Wee. As a and kid? Then, and then leaves. She was a kid at the time? No. She was, this was like- When in, was this? This was probably 90, 91. Somewhere. So she had to have been younger then. Yeah, she was younger. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow, that's, that's, that's wild, how time. Dude. That's how time works. Yeah, no, no, but <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yeah, after. Okay. She had, so wait, she if had I, to be younger. If in my math checks <laughs> out, she had to have been younger. <laughs> no, 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 but um, but yeah, but not like she wasn't like in her solo artist career yet or anything. Yeah, she was. At that she time. was Erica Badu at that point. Oh, that's really wild. Yeah. What? She's that old? Yeah. I mean, she was probably 30 in this movie, th in her 30s at least. Okay. Well, yeah, that would make, that would check out. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. So, we touched on it before. Ackroyd goes back to see the nun. She wants him to mentor a child. Yeah. He's straight a, out of this, jail. He's a criminal. You want this felon to mentor a child. So, yeah. she basically gives him this kid to look after. And immediately, Ackroyd wants to get rid of him. It's just like, leave me alone, kid. I got stuff to do. And the kid just follows him around and eventually just works his way into the band. There was no reason for this kid to no, be in the at movie. at all. He doesn't ever say, he doesn't, fucking it, it annoying. never pays off. Like, he doesn't right. do anything. I mean, whatever. If you think like, you know, oh, look at that little boy in a suit playing the thing or whatever. That, that could yeah. be cute to some people or whatever. But like, he doesn't do anything precocious or and when he he can't act so right. he must have been hired based on like some blues i don't know how how he was discovered for this thing but uh -oh. like he was really bad when he talked you know it wasn't like he was some cute little actor or something i don't know and he's been in like nothing else so. oh really yeah, i could have sworn i recognized him from something no you know what he looked I... like sid in uh toy story <laughs> that might be it <laughs> you know Whenever there's a kid in a movie, it oh, because yeah, I'm not I'm not a big child actor fan. Agreed. The only time it's ever worked was uh, Macaulay Culkin and Uncle Buck is like one of the best child acting performances <laughs> well, ever. Uh, Jerry Maguire. Oh kid. sure, you, sure. You, you, even you were like, okay, yeah, yeah, that yeah that's wins. fair. That's fair. and everybody's favorite, Haley Joel Osment. Now, now. yeah, even though right. I put the yeah, L yeah, back right. in his name, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not his name. <laughs> No, but it's it, yeah, like it just seemed like such a ham-fisted like I don't know ploy to entertain you or something like yeah. oh look the kids doing it ha 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 like it's just like is it, it it's not even funny it sucks but you're it right sucks. the kid doesn't do anything 
the, the one thing the kid does is he steals the police officer's wallet where so oh, yeah. Elwood takes the $500. So technically, I guess he gets the plot started, but he doesn't do anything. No. Maybe like during like Elwood and and John Goodman, they're in trouble and the kid is driving the Bluesmobile to get him out of trouble. Nope. He, nothing. Yeah. Not a thing. And then, and then, in fact, like we set up the fact that they can't use the trunk because it's where the kid lives in this tiny apartment. Where, how did that happen? Yeah, like how did this apartment appear in the back of this yeah. car? Oh yeah, yeah. But then also, well, how did he get his head then, in the in the ashtray? And then after after yeah. we after we find that that apartment in the back of the trunk or in the trunk or whatever, the kid is never in the trunk again. Yeah, right. It's all always, for a gag. Yeah. All for just a little gag, and that's that's kind of what it is. It's just an amalgamation of gags. With blues singing in between. Yeah. And not yeah. even blues all the time. You know, the Caribbean bit. I mean, which that was kind of funny too when he when there's still zombies and he they she wakes him up on stage and he's completing the sentence again. It was like, oh, yeah. But at the same time it was just like <laughs> it didn't, it didn't sound like Scott thought yeah, that was too right. funny. It was it was but it was just like uh like why? You know what I'm saying? It just didn't I don't know. You know what? Why like was, is that there are so many there are so many scenes. Why? Yeah. Why? I right. don't I don't understand this. And yeah. Like the one thing I could you could point to is like, well, if they cut it, it's too short. It wouldn't have been. Right. I mean, I guess if they cut all of no. them, it would have been too short because this yeah. movie would have been four minutes long. Right. But like cut some of this. Some of this needs to be on the ground. Yeah. So we were we were talking about Daryl Hammond. Yeah. Uh, Daryl Hammond plays he's in charge of this right-wing militia yeah well they were straight they up neo-nazis yeah yeah neo-nazi yeah neo-confederates all of the daryl hammond stuff could have been cut out of the movie it totally it, it didn't add to the movie nope. at all oh and and at by all. and so by all the way could have been cut out what's the point of this witch having all those bodyguards in front of a gate if they're just going to let Russians and Confederates waltz right in. With their guns, know? yeah. Yeah, with their guns and shit. It just was like, why? How'd they get past the alligators on leashes? Yeah, right. It was such a, like a, uh, oh, we gotta, we have to, well, <laughs> I did think it was kind of funny that Daryl Hammond was still alive after he had a fucking Vong, entire yeah, boat fall at him and blow up. See, that's the other but thing. I don't know if he did that on purpose, though. I don't know if he meant that to be a bit, or if it was just like, we totally forgot don't that we care him. about the continuity yeah. of this movie. You know I think they saying? forgot that they had killed him. Yeah, uh, yeah, it just was uh, so if dumb. Such an afterthought. If he would have shown up cartoon, cartoonly bandaged. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, right. so he did survive the boat. Right, right. Uh, but he's just like totally fine. I could see Dan being like, no, people will get it or whatever, and just thinking it would be funny and stuff, but it just it really feels like a fucking afterthought. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I don't well, know. the same thing with the... I, I really like the uh, stop-motion or the puppet skeletons in the Ghost Riders of the Sky. Dude, I, I liked that shit a lot. It didn't do anything, but, but it was so cool looking. Yeah, exactly. That was one of the coolest parts of the movie. Yeah, that was like really cool. It, it was, again, it was still like, why is this happening, but... And is but it I, happening? Yeah, right, right, right. No, yeah. Nobody reacted to the but it was, skeletons. But it was cool. So, like, I don't know. I think that you're the only way to enjoy the movie is if you just don't expect to watch something good at all and just kind of roll with it, yeah. you know, and then just go, well, at least it they did a bunch of crazy shit and whatever, you know. But 
even then you can't re- you're not really enjoying it you're just tolerating it you I, know i just think like how, so do you know how much this movie cost do you have any any information on something like that it cost about about 35 million yeah it's that's a lot for then what and the oh movie my made God. and the movie made 15 million oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, there's a reason that uh, John Landis hasn't been doing much since then. What was? I don't even think he's done hardly. Any, he didn't do much in the '90s at all, did he? I don't believe so. I mean, no. I know he did come back with a, a third um, Beverly, Hills Beverly Hills Cop or something. Yeah, and like, but yeah. I mean, well, pretty much after. I know he did like the Twilight Zone kind of ended his career because he killed people um, from negligence, but. Uh, then, yeah, I have no idea about this with, story, by the way. He came back with uh, Eddie Murphy because he did the Coming to America or whatever. And so I think he did those. He did a couple of Eddie Murphy movies. Did, That's every time did, Eddie Murphy did. Did John Landis direct the the Coming to America sequel? I think he did. I don't know. I'll check. Landis is the guy that did Stripes with Bill Murray, right? Um, no, that was you're, you I, know you're thinking of Harold Ramis. Yeah. Oh, Ramis. Yeah. Damn, John Landis good. did. Oh, Landis is the guy with the beard and the glasses, right? Yeah. He did. He, uh, yes. The he, first Blues Brothers, and he did. He um, killed three people. Yeah, in the Twilight Zone movie, it was Vic Morrow and two little uh, Vietnamese kids that they, their heads got chopped off by a uh, helicopter blades. A chopper blade. What mm-hmm. year was that, dude? Uh, Eighty-three. You are shitting yeah, he was me. One of the he was one of the segments on that thing, and and they were. You know, rolling Whoa. fast and rolling long, and didn't pay attention Whoa. to a lot of. Uh, you know, I was wondering stuff. Was why. Very much like Rust. Like I was wondering why I didn't see any helicopters in this movie, <laughs> and now I know. Yeah, I got my answer. Oh my goodness. Um, let's see. He did not. Well, he didn't produce it. So yeah, I'll check if he directed it. Um. But the thing is, they got the Russians after them. How here's how he gets the Russians after him. As we said, one of the Blues Brothers gang, Mr. Fabulous, is now a funeral director. So they they're putting the band back together. So they go find him, and there is a that there just happens to be a lot of convenient writing. They show up at the, <laughs> at the cemetery the moment the Russian mob is burying one of their own. Yeah. And Dan Aykroyd and John Goodman to start, yeah, like basically reenacting the scene from the restaurant in the first movie to get him. And they start yelling out stuff about the, the, the dead, the dead body, you know, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And the Russians start shooting and- at him, And, you know, Mr. Fabulous is like, Oh, we're fucked. Everybody into the all right, we're actually he didn't say that because this movie is PG thirteen. Right. Yeah. He goes, Oh, we're screwed. And he, they run in and take off. It was so contrived on yeah. how well and, on, on why the, the Russians were, were but the Russians were, after, were already yeah. after them. The Russians were after right. them for the thing. So we didn't yeah. need to make the Russians after them again. And we are we still had the Russians after them. And the cops after them, so we we didn't need to add the Daryl Hammond Nazis on top of that. Yeah, and then no, like that no, that showdown, like, and it didn't end up like it would have been something if the Nazis killed the Russians and the Russians killed the Nazis at the end. But then at the end, they just both showed up, and, and then both got turned into and they mice. both got turned into mice, and then the and then cops, that was it. 
Then the cops just listened to the yeah. the main cop. And he was like, no, I'm not kidnapped or right. brainwashed. And they're like, okay, okay, cool. Game over. Oh, that's wow. the end of the movie. This is actually a groovy well, that's too. A, that's another thing. So we set up that the Russians are stalking the Blues Brothers through that entire movie. Yeah. So at the end, you want the Blues Brothers to take care of the Russians. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. The, yeah. the, the Creole queen... She turns them all into mice. Yeah, and, that, and this is also so anticlimactic. It's also after they immediately lose the battle of the bands. Yeah, so dude. they lose the battle of the bands. <laughs> yeah, which they needed to win for no money. We don't know. We don't know why they needed to win because that wasn't even the goal. They were going somewhere else, but they had to stop there first. Remember? Yeah, like they were like, "Oh, we're going to something, but we're going to stop in Louisiana first for yeah. doing nothing, and then and then." They were supposed to be on a tour, and he was like, oh, but we have to do this Battle of the Bands. Yeah. So they showed one show of the tour, and then that was the second show of the tour, and then we were supposed to just assume they had the rest of the tour, and then the movie just fucking ends. It yeah. just fucking ends. With them being chased by cops because- said, What the fuck was oh, that? Yeah. That's right. They were forgiven by the one, by the, the Illinois police, but, but they were not the, forgiven by- yes, cause <laughs> By the nuns. Yeah. Apparently, police officers can do, police officers can do that. Yeah, yeah. You are forgiven for the crimes that you have committed. <laughs> right, right. You may go now. <laughs> well, yeah. I guess, I guess, on some level, yeah. that police officer who joined them was like, because it was over five hundred dollars, uh, or it was about five hundred dollars. He's like, I'm not pressing charges. But then, then all the police officers leave because they're like, oh, well, then we're not going to do anything. But then there's that other group of police officers who are going to to get mad at them because they have a kidnapped a small boy. Right. Yeah. And yeah, they've yeah. taken him over state lines. And yeah. then that's like you said, that's how it is. And then they drive off and it then it just fucking ends. And it was like, wow, nothing happened in this movie. No. At all. Was, nothing it was, happened. It was kind of exposition for another movie. Right, yeah. Right. Uh yeah, something else. It was, well, it was good to see Paul Schaefer in this movie. Oh yeah, yeah doing a French accent. How about that? Yes, and every time I heard him speak, I just thought of Monty Python. Of course, yeah, I yeah. Right, Can't you tell by my outrageous accent? And, and, but, and his, yeah, I love so, his, yeah. So Paul Schaefer is the Queen Creole's right hand man. Yeah, and, I love his giant wig that they then just abandon in the second shot of him. Yeah, so I know. Yeah, shot, yeah. The first shot, Paul Schaefer is dressed up like a. a Vic, you know, he's got on these long silk robes, this big white, like a you know, like these King, old King Louis the people. yeah, King Louis the Fourteenth or something. King Louis the Fourteenth, and then in the next shot, he's dressed like you know, has he dressed on David Letterman like, as the band leader? Yeah. I also read he had to take a week off of uh, Letterman. Oh. So they they gave him they gave him a week off to film this movie. Oh wow. So no, John worth Belushi it. couldn't get. Uh, I'm sorry, Jim Belushi couldn't get out of his. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, but to be fair, it was uh, it was only a week shoot. With yeah, Paul much Schaefer. much bigger. He only role. had to be there for a week. I wonder if Jim was like, "Don't let me out of this contract. Don't. Like, I don't want to <laughs> uh, do this. I don't want to do this movie." Yeah, right. Oh, sorry, sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, CBS, oh, oh, yeah. I, I CBS is like, like, oh no, we're we're not we're in high show. What you yeah, need yeah. me on set right now? <laughs> All right, guys, I'm coming. Uh, Billy Preston was in it too. How about that? Yeah, Billy Preston, Travis Tritt. Like I said, the music. Dude, Travis Tritt, that Jerry Lawler looking motherfucker, <laughs> yeah. dude, with the guitar. That guy. 
oh my god dude that guy when i saw him i was like wow this takes me back to the 90s when i would randomly see this guy that looks like a pro wrestler but holding a guitar and wearing fringe he's still around yeah shit man dude what about johnny lang scott do you remember johnny lang dude do you remember in the 90s for like a year and a half they tried to make this kid like the next big thing in blues do you remember that fucking kid yeah, the skinny kid. I don't, uh, but I mean, dude, they used to be. He, could, he was a he was a skinny white boy who could belt it out. Yeah, I, but I dude, was I don't with his singing. I don't know. I had opinions about that man. <laughs> it looked like he was having a seizure to me. He just looked very awkward. Like he, it looked like it was a sixteen-year-old kid that thought he was bb king or some shit and it was like dude you're and so you remember him from i don't remember, I remember him from he, the they put him on the disney channel all the time back huh. then and you know like so they would just have him in between shows playing a concert johnny lang blues and i was like 10 years old like i don't give a fuck about the blues the shit sucks it's boring you know it's old it's dead get over it but here's a 16 and year this, old kid trying to do it you know what i mean and the 16 year old kid He's working as a janitor yeah. in a phone sex <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. operation. Right. Oh, yeah, that's another job that that uh, the band members decided to start instead of do, like, doing like Oh, right, work. yeah. Instead that's of phone right. position, I'm going to work this uh, phone sex operation. And again, yeah. not just work it, run it. They started it, it. They run it. Yeah. It is a fully functional, like, apparently, tons of employees. Apparently, during prison, they had plenty of time to realize that they yeah. cared more about how horny they were. They must have than all been playing gone, music. Yeah. And they've all so, gone back to school. Gotten damn, their do business I really want to play music or am I just horny? <laughs> I guess I'm just horny. I'm just going to do that when I get out. Well, if you're in prison, yeah, yeah you're going to get pretty horny. Yeah. 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 And then Steve Cropper and Duck. Uh, Donald Duck Dunn, they're they made them DJs in this movie. The, the two guys. and they're not. Why would you do that? Their their acting is horrible. They, yeah, they can't even talk. Yeah, they can't even talk realistically on film. And they made the, one of the other Tom Bones Malone. They made him the engineer. Where, would you, where do you pick up that skill? Yeah. Oh, man. Elwood Blues calls into their radio station. Did you see the 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 brick cell phone that he was using? Yeah, yeah. At night, oh yeah, oh, man. Dude, how about that when he was talking to the kid uh, near the beginning of the movie before he was going to go talk to Cab? He was saying something. He was warning him about um, something about technology. I don't remember what the fuck he was talking about, but he used the term "too much cyber porn on the internet." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like just took yes. me back to a time when. Everything having to do with the internet had cyber, cyber. in front of it, you know. Cyber, yeah. uh, cyber stalker, yeah, cyber stalkers, yeah. cyber porn, cyber, cyber sex. sex, yeah, Man, cyber. That's a word. I guess cyber bullying. I think is the yeah, thing yeah, 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 yeah. All the yeah. cybers have dropped off. Yeah, because it's just the real world now. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just, just everything is everything just part is of that, the, yeah. the internet. Right. And you and you brought this up earlier, Bryce. It, the Elwood character in this movie is totally different from the Elwood character yeah. in the first That's movie. the thing that took me out of it the most, was just like, this isn't Elwood anymore. This is just Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> no. that Because when uh, when they run out of gas, and he's like, I guess it's over. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> and then the little kid gives him a pep talk, and then Dan Aykroyd gives the band a pep talk. It was Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
if you wish. Remember this, walk away now and you walk away from your crafts, your skills, your vocations, leaving the next generation with nothing but recycled, digitally sampled techno grooves, quasi-synth rhythms, pseudo-songs of violence-laden gangster rap, acid pop and simpering saccharine soulless slush. Depart now and you forever separate yourselves from the vital American legacies of Robert Johnson, Muddy Waters, Willie Dixon, Jimmy Reed, Memphis Slim, Blind Boy Fuller, Louis Jordan, Little Walter, Big Walter, Sonny Boy Williamson 1 and 2, Otis Redding, Jackie Wilson, Elvis Presley, Lieber and Stoller, and Robert K. Weiss. Who is Robert K. Weiss? Turn your backs now and you snuff out the fragile candles of blues, R&B, and soul. And when those flames flicker and expire, the light of the world is extinguished because the music which has moved mankind through seven decades leading to the millennium will wither and die on the vine of abandonment and neglect. Now, I will say, well, uh, this made me laugh. They all, Dan Aykroyd's like, well, if you want to, if you want to stay in the band, follow me and we're going to walk to town. Yeah. And they leave their car abandoned, and this one band member goes like, "Don't worry, guys, I'll, I'll get yeah. the gas. I'll get the gas." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, we do need the car. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. I did also like the uh, the doofus gimmick of painting the car blue. Oh yeah, and then the and then the fact that the rain just washed it. Yeah, off. that that was yeah. that was fun. Yeah, don't worry. This is just a temporary disguise or whatever. Well, and said. see, like, there's certain parts of. Aykroyd's performance where it's the old Elwood like the oh yeah I painted it blue and it's a disguise right or whatever you like that and like just those like few like man a few words kind of thing uh-huh. where he's just covering the tracks of, right of, you know but then he go, slips into this other character yeah, of like where he's trying to rile everything up and get it all moving or he does a long-winded you know comedy soliloquy with like with the whole history of Russia and why these Russians are like that that whole bit, you well, know, but that, that kind of comes from the first movie, too, I feel. Well, I'm just saying it's long winded, you know, yeah. for Elwood. But anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. And then what what's really that accent other than just a Dan Aykroyd accent? Well, I mean, it's, Chicago. Not, it's not really Chicago, though. I don't know. It's, is yeah. it? I think nah. it is. It's just Dan Aykroyd being Dan Aykroyd. I don't know. You know, I don't know. What but, are your opinions on, on Dan Aykroyd's Chicago accent, Scott? How do you rate it? <laughs> uh, a couple of podcasts ago. I did Celtic pride. And I'll, let me just say this. His Chicago accent is better than his Boston accent. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a win. <laughs> that's a yeah. win. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying I, I'm used to Elwood just not talking that much and just being that cool, tall guy, you know, that gets shit done behind the scenes. Ackerman had to lose close to 100 pounds. Whoa. Um, I was going to say this to, like, was, to thin up for yeah, it. I thought that I was like, man, he was still thin in 98 because right. he's, he's pretty Pretty, yeah, he's big. big now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, he's bigger than John Goodman was right, in this movie. Right. So uh, and I remember him like having gained weight a lot, but he was back down to like a, a short, a small weight. So I, I didn't know that he lost it for this movie. It's really odd now because now in life they have uh, John Goodman's lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. Ackroyd's put it back on. So now yeah. They, yeah. they switch body types. Right. Yeah. Maybe they're on a schedule where it's like, you want to hold this weight? Yeah. Uh, and they just, you know. Well, I do know, and Goodman has, has said this before. I mean, I think he might have, like, kind of leveled out now just because he is older. But his thing is, like, he just gains a bunch of weight, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to die, so I lose it. And then yeah. he loses a whole bunch of weight. And then once he gets down, he just kind of, like, lets it go back up. But, right. I mean, eventually you can't keep doing that. Yeah, sure. But. No, that'll that'll wreck your body. Yeah. 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 
Well, and he's very uh, loose skinned. Skinned. Yeah. Was, yeah, that's <laughs> true. Because he, he uh, did. He gains weight and then loses it and gains weight and then loses it. And, yeah. But God, he's like, is he in his, he's got to be in his like late 60s, 70s now. Who, John Goodman? John Goodman. Yeah. I would say so. Ackroyd's yeah. in his mid to late 70s. That's wild. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is 25 years ago. It's yeah. not a surprise that they're all, that there's so many almost dead people. Well, wait a second. So does that mean that back then in 1980, Dan Aykroyd was younger? He had to be younger back then, right? (laughs) Yeah, he was younger in the 80s. I'm still trying to grasp how this works. How does this this time thing work? What is aging? It doesn't make sense to me. No. um, Yeah, I don't know, man. The two things of the movie that stuck with me is the very, very beginning and the very, very end. The movie opens and it's dedicated to John Belushi and yeah. Cab Calloway and John Candy. And yeah. I love that. I, I thought that was great. Yeah. If you watch the entire movie, and this is a this is an in-in joke, which I got, which not a lot of people, not a lot of people will see it because if you watch the entire movie through the credits, this is a universal movie. And at the end of the at the end of the movie. They have a sort of they have a, a screen and so you know universal Universal Studios, and in parentheses oh, yeah. they have ask ask for Babs. Yeah, Babs was a character in Animal House, and at the end of that movie where they were saying where everybody wound up, she wound up working for Universal Studios. Oh. So that little oh. joke was a callback to the end of Animal House. I was which wondering. John Oh, yeah. Which John Landis directed and John Belushi started. I know that he does that a lot. He does it with uh, uh, "See You Next Wednesday," the the fake movie "See You Next Wednesday." Oh yeah, that's always uh, comes up in this in like it's like on movie theater walls or whatever. It's probably in this movie somewhere. I just didn't look. Oh, but yeah, I did see that at the end and was wondering about that, Scott. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, so that's a callback to a character from Animal House. Okay. And I thought that was I thought that was <laughs> if this was a if this was a better movie, that would have been a great capper to it. Sure, yeah. yeah. Ah. Well, and if it was a better movie, it would have been more meaningful that it was for John and Yeah. John and Cab. Yeah. Oh yeah, did you um well, I guess you did see it, Scott, when it after like the main credits it cut to that random uh James Brown song. Music video, a random yeah, yeah, yeah. music video. And that yeah. didn't really have anything. I guess it was their way of being like, don't leave the theater or something. But I just was like, why? Why did we do this? And James was sweating, man. Maybe, James was fucking yeah. sweating. Maybe because his performance in the movie was so bad. Yeah, yeah, right. They, maybe they wanted to give him a, a more chance of a, to shine. Another highlight. Yeah. Another highlight. But once again, it just showed off that he was just nowhere near. Yeah. His prime, his prime, which is not. I mean, was fine. The guy, the guy was old. <laughs> like it's okay, yeah. but and there's and to be fair, you know, with James Brown, with how hard he went, man, there's no way that a human being was going to be able to stay at that level, you know, forever. Because he's a you fucking right legend, man. Yes, yeah. Because Aretha sang "Respect" in this movie, right? Yeah, which is what people think of when they think yeah. of Aretha even from the first when they movie. think of yeah. Aretha Franklin they think I, I think the two two songs she's known for now is respect and think mm-hmm. yeah um, yep and she was belting it out but but 
you know, they weren't doing the choreography. Yeah. It was like, I didn't feel bad for Aretha Franklin because she could still sing. And as you said, Bryce, she was not known for the James Brown doing the splits and the right. Yeah. And the way, so the way James Brown performs will not age well, did not age well because he could not keep up with that. Yeah. If you're just a fantastic singer like Aretha Franklin, right. You could just, you just stand there and belt it out and it's wonderful. Right. Yeah. But James is more of a belter than a singer, you know? And, he is. A, and a showman so yeah it was it was just showing unfortunately but good good on him for you know showing up and doing it and it was cool to see i was glad that he came back you know all right so um i i looked something up all right and i did find do you remember in the movie when uh elwood and when dad Aykroyd list all the people uh like reasons not to quit that whole list of people. For that, oh, right. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it ends with Robert K. Weiss. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. They, they what was that? Out, yeah. Robert K. Weiss is the studio executive who had who came in and had to convince Ackroyd and Landis not to quit making this movie. Apparently, they both were so fed up with the, the script rewrites and they hated it and thought it was going to be a failure that they tried to quit several times. And he was wow. the one who made them not quit. Oh, wow. So they knew. Yeah. Oh shit, man! Which is probably oh, yeah, why they knew they knew this movie was not going to be a hit. I mean that, wow. that that explains why the editing is so so bad yeah. because they were just like screw it, who cares? Yeah, just Fuck put it out, whatever. So we have Robert K. Weiss to blame for this <laughs> yeah. movie coming out, and they put it in the movie. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's funny. Did they wreck more cars in this movie than they did in the original oh, had to or right? because like i, I, I <coughs> they knew did. that they oh, they did okay because i knew it held the they original did. held the, the record for a long time and this movie broke that record oh okay. oh wow <laughs> and for and for a time this movie held the guinness book of world records for most cars wrecked in a movie oh it's been broken was uh 112 cars and it all came from that scene where they're driving. Yeah. And he goes, don't look back. And they look back yeah. and all the st- cars just yeah. pile on top of each right. other. For no reason. <laughs> For no reason. <laughs> they crash yeah. They crash into like a, a road cone and then it causes a pile. Right. Yeah. 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 But like, and it was, it, I, I got to say, it was uh, like pointless and useless scene of just so many cars crashing but it was fun to watch yeah yeah like exactly like that, and the more it kept going i was like okay this is this, this, this is, is fun. good and then this it was fun. just i mean it just got to a point where it was like they just have a ramp behind this pile of cars yeah just, just launching, launching them on top cars. oh speaking of that though something i did think was pretty funny was at the fair at the state fair uh-huh. the whole like monster truck shit going on <laughs> in front of the stage yeah. so it's like and then they're like we're going on after the monster truck act <laughs> it's like oh, and they- they're just in the in the crowd like yeah we like the most we like the cars crashing well and then that was another editing thing that i got real confused on yeah. is the last uh trick that they were waiting for before they went on was that flaming car going over the loop? Yeah, and that flaming car goes through the loop like three times. Yeah, I it's know. One loop. Yeah, and I know. They just showed it in I didn't order know, three yeah, times. Yeah, I didn't know if that was on purpose or. Then, I mean, you know. And they gave a quick cut, and it was them in the car. Yeah. But the last time we saw them, they were in their car. Yeah. And it was painted blue. So right. I was like, did they paint the car again? How did they get yeah, in that car? Yeah, it just was weird. There was but some anyway. problems there. But yeah, this movie. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I like the gag of. I, yeah. I like the gag of like the the like extremely violent horrible wreck 
but everyone just getting out of the car like it, like they were totally fine. And then the Russians being like, my watch broke. And then they all check their watches, you know, that was that was a good gag. Bryce, you said you didn't you didn't hate this movie. Yeah. Besides the car wreck, what's what is something that you could that you like that you would recommend from this movie? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's like I realize about halfway through it that if I didn't uh, waste my energy analyzing how bad it was and I just appreciated it for being a goofy-ass fucking movie, mm -hmm. then I realized that it could be something that I wouldn't be mad about just having on, you know, on a on a Saturday afternoon or something and just sit when I'm not doing anything else. And just just because it's this such a low stakes thing, you know, and if anything, I can just appreciate that it is Dan Aykroyd. Um, so I know the intent and like, you know, what he's going for and that kind of stuff, being a fan of his days on SNL and his other movies. So it's like a trusted source. So it could end up being sort of a comfort thing, but only if I shut the analytical part of my brain off. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um if you take that part off, then you could just be like, oh, yeah, this is a universe where anything can happen. And they certainly do that. And, you know, that could be fun. Um, and then there's those you little little gags. Yeah, you mentioned Ac everything that Ackroyd does. It's not like the the Ghostbusters. I, he, I think he falls in love with these characters that he creates. Yeah, and totally. And I think he wants to see them go on. Mm -hmm. So even if it's a bad movie, I don't think this movie was a cash grab. I think this I think Ackroyd and Landis wanted to make this movie and studio interference and yeah. a whole bunch of stuff went wrong with it. I think it started at a pure space. Well, a pure space. I yeah. have I, I've, I've found the original pitch or what was originally oh, wow. the story. It was supposed to be Elwood, Mighty Mac, which is uh, John Goodman yeah. and Jim Belushi's character, Brother Z. Oh, okay. so he was going to be in it with. John Goodman still. Yeah. So, and they were going to be raising money oh, wow. to refurbish their old or orphanage, but the studio rejected the pitch because it was too similar to the first movie because it was, but sure. Fine. That, what, it would have, it would have been a better one? plot at least. Yeah. And they, they felt the, the studio instead wanted to make a more fantasy based film aimed at younger viewers, oh, which everyone yeah. knows. I mean, I, I was a younger viewer at the time, but like, most most ten year olds <laughs> aimed at younger viewers. That's yeah. why we're gonna have James Brown, BB King, Aretha Franklin, most, Steve Winwood. <laughs> most yeah. other ten year olds I Fuck knew a, didn't dude. care about the yeah. original Blues Brothers. Right. So I don't all. know yeah. why they were doing that. Right. Also, With, uh, big surprise here. It wasn't according to Jim that he was under contract for. Uh oh. No, you're right. I can't think. It, it was a it was a short lived like drama series, but I can't yeah, think of the name. Yeah, something called Total Security that I've never even heard of. So clearly, he didn't want to do this movie I about think. cops. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't. It's probably you probably can't even find it. Sounds like a um, Steven Seagal movie or something. Yeah. Sort. Uh. Wow. Yeah. yeah. This movie is. This movie. I don't know. I. That's didn't... that is interesting though that they had always planned on having John Goodman in it. I know. That's weird to me. Did did he ever do like I mean was that something that they had done before Scott? Do you know? They have performed. The three of them have performed on stage. Was um, that before this movie or was that like 
Yes, before this movie. Okay. The three of them have performed on stage. So that's why he was uh, in it. Okay. Goodman, Belushi, and Aykroyd as the blues as the three blues brothers. All right. Wait. Oh, Jim Belushi. Yes. yes. Okay, okay. Not okay. John. Um, I was also going to say, and just correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, and Chase, actually, but Dan Aykroyd and John Goodman, but Dan Aykroyd did record all of his own vocals. Like, everything that he was singing was his voice, right? In the movie, or did he have a a voice, an actual like someone else singing for him? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, oh, yeah. no, when he's no, singing he's, in the movie. He sings his he sings his own. Yeah, those for, are his own vocals for everything, right? Yeah, dude, because yeah. he does have like extreme vocal range talent. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's like McCartney esque too. How he plays with the style of yeah. what he's doing and stuff like that. I did notice that. Yeah, uh, no, he's yeah, he he's talented. Yeah, super, uh, super and good because it, it does it. It brings you into a, a new like, um, it brings you and into that the world. Is him, uh, that's him playing the harmonica. He plays the harmonica. Oh, so that's shit. him actually playing the harmonica. Oh yeah, I was gonna say Which, too with with the kid man. Like, uh, I thought they at least were gonna like hint at it being his long lost kid or something. Well, that kid was too young to have been. Well, but they kept he playing these like they kept, they kept like teasing at it, like, yeah. "Oh wow, he's good at singing," or "Now he's good at dancing," and "Wow, now he can play the harmonica." And they do that whole stupid fucking bit where they're like, "Huh," you know, like <laughs> this kid's God, good, so cheesy. But they kept like kind of alluding to it, but they never paid off with it. You know what I mean? I mean, and if they wanted to make it work, I mean, look at the rest of this fucking movie. They could have just you know written some anything, yeah. yeah. But anyway, maybe maybe his grandson. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. He'd be around the age of a grandson. Yeah, John. If he had John a, Goodman, yeah. could have been his kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is easy to forget. Uh, so yeah, so that was uh, it. Was Blues Brothers two thousand? It's just a it's just a jumbled mess. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't think I will ever watch it again. I'll put it that way. No. No, I will not. I don't. I, I will never. I mean, purpose. I'm, I'm. I know I'm going to watch the original Blues Brothers many, many more times oh, in yeah. my lifetime. Yeah, but not this one. And there's yeah. not even a scene. Usually, when there's a bad movie, there's just like, well, at least there's this one scene. Yeah. That maybe if I don't watch the movie, I'll look it up on YouTube. They don't even have that in no. here. No, right? Because like that, like the again, the musical performances, you know, are just listen to the song because like the the scenes with the musical performances in them are not good. Yeah, like it's they're just not awkward. They're not shot well. They're not fun. Last second thought choreography. Yeah. Other than the know? cool uh, right, Ghost Riders in, in the Sky, that was actually pretty, yeah, that was, pretty damn that was pretty but not worth not worth watching this damn movie. Right. Uh, in the original, the Aretha Franklin in the diner, that's great choreography. Yeah. And then, the, and then the, it the raised church music dude. exchange where all those people are dancing outside. Yeah. Well, and then the rawhide. I, I love the rawhide scene in that one too. Like every yeah. scene, every scene in the first movie is great. It had real energy behind it. Yeah, even the non-musical scenes were yeah were great in that. Yeah, which is the whole point. And what what about um? I did want to touch back on this real quick. The whole um cab conversion scene when they're in the oh, church yeah. and he floats into the fucking sky and then like you know he's like oh, I've got the calling of the blood of Christ and like becomes a blues brother. I'm not gonna lie, I actually did like that. Scene. No, I liked it too. I thought because again at that point I'd already accepted that okay this movie's gonna do whatever the yeah. fuck it wants so just let it.
absolutely, completely, positively understand. This is my God-given But I also just was like, really, I don't know. I was thinking, isn't Aykroyd like a mega Christian or is that just, um, is that Norm MacDonald I'm thinking of? Well, I, I don't Aykroyd. think either of them are mega Christians. Yeah, I know it's not Aykroyd. I knew, he's, he's well, I knew that Norm was like a secret ghosts. Christian, Wasn't you know? He? Yeah, well, especially before he died or whatever, he would like tweet things and oh. stuff. But fucking, uh, yeah, I couldn't tell if that was like an on-purpose thing no like getting Aykroyd christian is, ideology is in into, into ghosts and aliens yeah that's and right all that that's stuff, right but not yeah not it was just a it was just such a weird um i don't know it was such a weird scene i mean but i thought it, it, it was, was definitely, fun though it was, it was definitely fun. a play on the 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 chicago uh black church scene in the first movie oh right yeah, yeah. yeah. where he had the, does flips down the aisle yeah. but i did like the conversion and i did like when they escaped, they just oh, picked yeah. him up off the stage, and, yeah. and he was still singing. Yeah, and and he was like cheesing so hard in the car, and he was like, "That's why the cops and military force to protect the artists," and they're all kind of like, "What okay. this fucking guy?" <laughs> like, okay, he's pink clouding over here. Yeah, do you want to give this movie a rating? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, what are we gonna What are we gonna give? What's it um, like? Bluesmobiles or oh, are we or what? Uh, let's do it. Let's do it kind of like we do on on our show, where we both we uh, we individually will come up with our own rating system out of ten. So I think uh, I'll go first since I was the only one who had seen this movie before, and um, I will give it um, out of uh, ten of the same shot of five rats playing ten different characters. <laughs> Uh, I will give it two and a half shots of rats going to playing the same characters. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two and a half. I give it two and a half yeah. because of the, I don't know why. Yeah. It's not, it probably isn't that good, but I'm just in a good mood. It's kind of as a bone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right, Bryce, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, out of 10, um, fucking, I don't even fucking know, dude. Out of ten, um, Paul Schaefer wigs. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I will give this movie three Paul Schaefer wigs. I'll oh, go. I'll go a half more than you, just more because I was saying I could at least appreciate it, you know. Yeah. But I'll get. That's about as high as I'm willing to go for this. All for right, this movie, Scott, and I'm I'm going to give out uh, out of ten, John Belushi rolling over in his grave. <laughs> Did yes. saying why is this for me yeah <laughs> how yes. is this for please me don't, please, please don't, don't dedicate, dedicate this. this movie to me <laughs> oh that's funny i'm gonna go with bryce and i'm going to give it three yeah and three spinning john belushi's in his grave yeah so we have a you consensus see, I, it seems. And I thought i was improving my score because like before having rewatched it i was like oh that's a 
that's an easy at the very most it's a two so i gave it a two and a half <laughs> yeah and y'all were still higher i was thinking too when we were talking about it just now but i bumped it to a three just because i i seem to be forgiving of it so i'm gonna yeah. listen to that part of myself i think it's just because i i like the first one so much that i can't yeah. i can't give it less no I agree with you, Chase. I think a lot of that, I think two out of my three is because of the first movie. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. so, the first one. And you know what? I, I think the real, the at least the point five on mine is uh, mainly not because of what this movie did, but because you just don't see... Uh, real crashes anymore like all of the all of the crashes were legitimate stunts i was gonna say and i hope they paid their stuntmen extra for the for, for some well, of that shit man. <laughs> most of the most of those cars did not have yeah well them, you and know, you could yeah. tell uh, yeah well what are you talking about the people got out of the cars right <laughs> yeah, after just, the, they were just fine well except for the ones who were underneath all the other cars, yeah right those cops were dead dead <laughs> dead all right so this has been another episode of the dan Aykroyd podcast i want to Thank my guest, Jason Bryce, for doing this with me. With me, Wow, I had a little stroke there. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward. You guys got to get me on your podcast. We still have to do Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man. Yes. Still want to yes. do that one. Yes. We'll see everybody, everybody here next time on the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. To support this podcast, please go to www.patreon.com slash Scott White and give what you're able. If you're listening on iTunes, please give a review. That should help people find this podcast. And no matter what services you use to listen, please leave feedback. We always want to improve. Thank you for listening to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. Uh, is there anything in particular you would like to hear this evening, Your Highness? Yes. Do something Caribbean. Uh, Ma'am, we're the Blues Brothers. We do blues, rhythm and blues, jazz, funk, soul. We can handle rock, pop. Country, heavy metal, fusion, hip-hop, rap, Motown, operetta, show tunes. In fact, we've even been called upon on occasion to do a polka. However, Caribbean is a type of music, I regret to say, which has not been, is simply not, nor will ever be a part of this band's repertoire. Been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.